Sir Crispin Tickell, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School uh, podcast series today. We've been talking about sustainability, business and green issues. Are you an optimist or a pessimist when it comes to sustainability? I think that it's fair to say that I'm an optimist of the will, but a pessimist sometimes about the technology that's involved. You... A lot, of the, a lot of the solutions are known. A lot of the awareness is creeping around everywhere. But of course I'm an optimist because we all have to live. And it's hard for me not to be an optimist because I foresee the kind of life my children are going to lead as being very different from mine. And what I want to do is to make it as nice as I possibly can. You talked about how many extra billion people there were on the planet from uh, when you were born. Those are formidable figures. Yes, the population problem is one that's a bit unfashionable at the moment, but I believe it to be absolutely vital. And there are four ways of dealing with it, which I think, again, are beginning to be better understood. One is to improve the status of women, because when women have the same status as men, you usually find that the population levels off at least. Uh, The second is that you should have care in old age, so that people don't feel they have to have babies in order that they can be looked after when they're old. The next one is um, availability of contraceptive devices when they should be there. And the last one, almost the most important, is equal education for boys and girls, so that education is something which goes to all human beings, not just to one sex. And that is, I do assure you, a very big issue in certain parts of the world, like Africa, where that is just simply not the case. It's almost a humanitarian sketch that you paint as much as a global green business sketch. I think it probably is, because I think that the green story is an absolutely marvellous story, and it's the most important element in it, but it goes much wider. It covers all the issues of resource depletion, human multiplication, respect for other animal species... um, and, of course, the, th- the thing that we're doing at the moment is changing the climate, or, as I prefer to say, destabilising the climate, so that it becomes more difficult to calculate the future, more difficult to know what's going to happen next. Well, how can business plan in this environment? We talk about green business, and, and there's various formulas about how you can calculate your carbon emissions. Do you think b- business can adapt in change, or e- in time, or even have the will to change? I think that business is already beginning to have the will to change, and I believe it can change, yes. I mean, business is full of unpredictabilities, whatever happens. But this particular set of unpredictabilities is perhaps wider than ever before. But I, I, in no way do I despair of business finding out ways in which they can cope with things. As it's, business is always about assessing risks and making use of opportunities. And in a, what we don't want to do is to find people going back to thinking that the formulas which worked in the past are going to work in the future, but try to assess all the new possibilities for business, as well as the many hazards that lie ahead. In a religiously divided world, we heard a lecture about Sharia business and values. Do you think religion is important in terms of assimilating green issues? I think that... The, the religious background to much of the environment is very important and I think that all the big religions have always got a kind of respect for the environment indeed I run various seminars myself on Islam and the environment because respect for the environment is written into the Quran and indeed you will find that wherever you go respect for nature is written into everything that, that exists so that's as far as I'm concerned religion and environmental respect are very closely tied together And just one final uh, question. 
you outline the fact that some people have spoken in terms of civilization only having a 50% chance of, of reaching uh, the end of this century. Do you believe that? Well, I don't know. The particular comment that was made was, was made by the current president of the Royal Society, and he was concerned about the impacts of nanotechnology and the, the dangers that we stumble, perhaps, without knowing where we're going, into something which could have disastrous effects. At the same time, a great deal of work has been done at the moment to make sure we don't stumble onto something of that description. I hope, he's, I hope that, that his judgment that uh, the prospects for our civilization are no more than 50% by the end of the century, I hope they're wrong. But I think by saying it now, you'll make it more likely that we shall, in fact, be able to cope in the end. And I'm an optimist. And, and uh, we could end on that note, but, but also there are three drivers for change you outlined in your lecture, didn't you? One of those is human catastrophe. Do you think we're at that point yet with the economic recession, the global recession, and the, the challenges that the planet faces in terms of the environment? I think that what I distinguished at the end was um, saying that you had three things that bring about change. One is leadership, and that I think, I'm not sure we've entirely got at the moment, but we're going to see whether it does, because that's happened in the past, and it's very important for the future. The second thing is when people press governments and press business and press the whole community to change. That, I think, is happening, whether it's happening enough and sufficiently broadly, I'm not in a position to say. And I also referred to the third factor of a change of benign catastrophes, which is when something goes attributably wrong and you can point to something um, having an effect and say that was because you did that wrong, then the result was as it, was as it, as it came out. I hope very much that we shan't have any benign catastrophes, as I call them. At the same time, I think that that is something we must be ready to face. Together, those three factors for change have worked for change in the past, whether it be in China or in India or in Europe or anywhere else. And um, I think that with the new U.S. president and new attitudes towards change taking place, I'm fairly optimistic that it will work out in the end as it should. So you've given us two endings of sentences with optimism in it. Uh, that must mean that, that actually we can have the thought leadership we need to save the planet. Yes, that's why I said uh, I'm sceptical sometimes about willingness of people to do the right thing at the right time and quickly enough. At the same time, I am optimistic that in the longer term we shall work things out. Albeit it will be a very different world in, in 100 years' time, one of the things that are quite likely is there will be far fewer people um, and I hope that by that time the sort of problems that we're talking about today will be resolved, although I have little doubt there'll be a lot of other ones facing our future generations. Sir Crispin Tickell, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today on business, the environment and the planet. Thank you.